Hi, everybody. My name's John Raby, and I'm the host of the Somewhere in Time podcast called Call Back Yesterday. This is a podlet designed for anyone who is on Mackinac Island this weekend at the 30th annual Somewhere in Time weekend at Grand Hotel, or anybody who wishes they could be there, like me. To get the time travel experience just right, go to the place where I conducted the interview during last year's Somewhere in Time weekend and listen very intently and concentrate. If you do it just right, it'll feel just like it's 2019. This interview was conducted in the parlor on the way to the dining room. Imagine as we speak that ladies in giant hats and men in spats are walking by. My name is Joe. Addie, and uh, my title, well, let's see, I like Keeper of the Flame, (laughs) but I'm the president of Insight, the international network of somewhere in time enthusiasts. And what were you doing in the summer of 1979? Well, I actually fell into working on this beautiful film through some very extraordinarily unique uh, circumstances. And I ended up working on the film for three weeks, and I was an extra in all the 1912 scenes. I wore five different costumes, and I worked for three weeks. What were your five scenes in? Well, let's see. um, I actually came to watch, but like I said, I landed in uh, working on the film. And uh, I actually show up ten times in the movie. I'm in all the 1912 scenes except for the park scene. I'm a dancer on the dance floor. Uh, walk across the lawn uh, in front of Christopher Plummer on the breakfast scene in a writing outfit. Um, I'm in the theater right near Chris sitting in the theater. There's, there's a lot of places. How did you wind up on Mackinac Island in the summer of 1979? Actually, I came here with my husband. We were planning to come. My earliest clear memories of my life, I was here when I was three and a half years old, and he had never been. So I said, let's go to Mackinac Island. This was in May. We set up a reservation to come here in the, for the end of May. And I happened to see, uh, you know, about a week or two before we were leaving to come, uh, Christopher Reeve was on the uh, news desk with uh, Channel 2 in Chicago after we were watching a movie. He came on and and Bill Curtis said, we're going to have an interview with Christopher Reeve. He's in town making a movie. And then Chris did did this great interview. And, of course, I knew him from Superman and and really admired his work. And he said they're going to Mackin Island to film after they were filming Four Days in Chicago where I live. And so uh, I thought, oh my gosh, I wonder if they'll still be there when we get there. And they were, they were, you know, there was, uh, we got to watch the uh, rain scene uh, in front of Laura Roberts' house and we mingled with the crew and the cast and met Chris and, and then they invited me back to watch the ballroom scene. And I ended up being dressed through these really bizarre circumstances, but I ended up being dressed, forced into a 1912 dress and in a carriage and on my way to the ball for the dining room scene, just like Cinderella. (laughs) Had you ever worn period costume before? Were you into this at all? Absolutely not. I had never had such an experience. So I felt like Cinderella, and uh, and then I was picked to be one of the dancers on the dance floor, and I actually showed Chris how to do the dance. (laughs) And it was- Wait, you danced with? Well, he came up, well, for uh, among the, the small group of us that were standing waiting for the scene to start uh, to be, be shot and he walked up and said now how do you do this dance and uh, I showed him how to do the dance and it, the funniest thing was he turned to me and he said after he you know I counted it out with him across from him and so forth and he got this and he stopped it and he said I mean after he got it he stopped and said are you the dancing coach and I said no and he said well you know you should be because you really look like you know what you're doing <laughs> uh, don't take this the wrong way um, was this a dance like uh, waltz or something where you got to hold him? 
Or where he got to hold you? No, no. I, oh. There was no holding. Oh. Are you sad about that? <laughs> no, I was just thrilled. Let's to do be the tango. Now, right. next, the tango. <laughs> no, That'll I'm, take a couple weeks. <laughs> exactly. Let's start now. <laughs> no, I was, I was actually thrilled to, to oh, just yeah. be That's still pretty involved. Good. Yes. And then, I, and then I got to know Chris, and I went flying in his plane with Jane wow. on a day off, and we had a wonderful time, and I was friends with him for 25 years until uh, he died. Mm-hmm. And I'm still friends with Jane. When the movie came out, what did you think? Well, we all absolutely, totally believed that what we were making was something extraordinary. And I was eyewitness to the love that was poured into every frame of this film. And when it came out under the very sad circumstances of the actor's strike and the stars couldn't make any personal appearances to promote the film because that was considered work during the actor's strike. So uh, when the film basically died at the box office, it was heartbreaking for absolutely every one of us. And we thought that it had been dealt a very cruel blow because the critics were very cruel to the film. Uh, they had put Chris on a pedestal for good reason, in Superman, but because he chose something some completely different uh, in his next film here, and somewhere in time, they were going to just tear him down, and they were very cruel, unusually cruel, and 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 people weren't in the mood for romance in 1980. They really weren't. It was the the beginning of the blockbuster special effects films. We'd had Superman, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. We'd had, of course, Star Wars. And um, and so all these special effects films, there hadn't been a period film done in about 10 years. And uh, so it, it just really wasn't the flavor of the day. As we are now in the lobby of Grand Hotel, we're now surrounded by women wearing giant hats. Yes, <laughs> giant hats, giant, beautiful, beautiful hats. gowns, exactly, incredible accessories. This weekend is a time machine. I always tell people it's the closest thing to actual time travel that they'll ever get. Because it's always like time traveling when you come to Mackinac Island. But when you're surrounded by 800 people in dressed in period clothes, it is the closest thing to time travel you'll ever get. If you love somewhere in time, there's a lot about you I already know. You believe in true love and commitment. You have old-fashioned values. You are romantic at heart. You appreciate beauty. And you feel displaced in our violent and chaotic world, and you wish for a better one. And that combination of wonderful qualities is what sums up Somewhere in Time fans. So when you come here, you mingle with people that are so like-minded, and you meet you know, people, and you find you can be instant friends, fast friends, and so it becomes like this, takes on this sort of family reunion, and every year these people stay in touch with each other all year round, and then they meet back in 1912 to, uh, or the Somewhere in Time weekend, to honor and celebrate this film that's brought them together. Thanks for listening to a callback yesterday, Podlet. Please subscribe and give us a rating, and I hope I'll see you next year on Mackinac.